0: Hello, hello, welcome back to the latest episode of our podcast, The Inspire Club, brought to you from Inspiring Workplaces. It's me again, your host, Ruth Dance, and I am here in the south of England today in the middle of. Storm Eunice is battering the UK. So if you hear gusts of wind and maybe um, bins flying around and trees coming down in the street, that's exactly what's going on here around me today. Um, I'm really, really excited for today's guest, who is not in the middle of Storm Eunice in the UK. Today's guest is joining us from Barcelona in Spain. Um, and he, uh, he is going to be talking to us all about his experiences, his background, his travel. There may be some elements of travel in there, um, and what he's doing as a chief marketing officer. So I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, um, Gideon Predor, his friends, and we are one of his friends. Um, uh, we all call him Giddy. Um, so Gideon Predor is a chief marketing officer at Work Vivo and Workvivo is an incredible employee experience um, platform and app that is used by more than half a million people all over the world right now. Um, I'm sure, Giddy, you can tell us a little bit more about what WorkVivo do and a bit of you, but welcome. Hello. Hey, thanks for having
1: me. I'm in Barcelona. We don't have any flying bins problem over here.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's great. Nothing, Nothing flying around over there. I bet it's beautiful sunshine, is it?
1: Sort of. Here, if it has a little bit of a drizzle, we freak out, you know, but like that's a different reality.
0: <laughs> and Giddy, you've not always been based in Barcelona, have you?
1: No, no. I'm I'm originally from Israel, where I spent most of my, my, my life. Uh, after that, I lived in Boston for a few years with Perfecto, a startup that I was working uh, in. And from there, about eight years ago, we moved to Europe. And since then, we're here in Barcelona. My wife told me she's from here. She told me in Boston that she's delighted to move to Europe. But if we're going to another place where, you know, Celsius meets Fahrenheit at minus 30, then this is becoming a long distance relationship. So we found ourselves in sunny Barcelona.
0: <laughs> it's either we stay in barcelona in a long distance relationship or exactly well that does sound quite enticing when i'm sat here in the middle of storm Eunice right now in england i'd much rather be over in barcelona um oh, amazing so talk to us a little bit about um how you've ended up with work, work vivo giddy and like i know you've traveled a lot and you've 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 involved in so many things so how did you end up with work vivo and exactly what do work vivo do? So
1: I'll start with the second question, if that's all right. Uh, as you said, Work Vivo, we like to call ourselves an employee experience app, which is very timely. Uh, it's a platform that is designed, is built to connect people, employees in the workplace on an emotional level, wherever they work from, at home, in the office, in between, or in the frontline. You know, the people that has, has have historically been sort of disconnected to companies' culture and vibes, just doing their jobs. Now, post-COVID, uh, the workplace has changed in the most radical way compared to anything that we've seen in the past. And this meaningfully connecting people, when you read the stats about a huge rate resignation, 60%, according to Work Bureau survey, wanting to leave their jobs, it has to do, the core of this, is lack of emotional connection. We all sort of became Zoom zombies, and suddenly felt a lot of the types of interhuman communications that we had in an office environment that got completely lost. And this is what's driving this great reset or great resignation. WorkVivo is a platform designed to solve that and act as a center of gravity for everything that has to do with employee communications. So it doesn't replace the, la- the likes of Slack or Teams, it connects to them, but it lets you adopt a way of communication that's much less hyperactive we do too much slack too much email and it gives you more of like an asynchronous place of communication where people could give each other recognition like hey good job job well done or happy birthday or i'm posting something and i am automatically automatically connecting it to a company value or a company goal or the company purpose or i can introduce a new employee and he can meet people online you know in this reality some people joined an a, a new workplace a year ago and have never met a living soul. So since COVID, it's became so critical all of a sudden that it really runs the gamut from customers like uh, some of the biggest brands and biggest Fortune 500 brands in the world to startups that use it in order to connect everyone.
0: Yeah, and so timely, like you say, that need for human connection is so 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 was critical pre-covid but the the highlighted need and um, the effects it's having on us by not being able to have that and like you say that true connection meaningful connection with each other and with the company not just um comms yeah, super super timely. Have you seen quite a big uptake um then? Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah we've been growing uh, uh, over a hundred percent like uh, year on year, and the pace keeps picking up. The reason is that COVID pushed companies up the maturity curve, or if you want like a better way to like think about it, off a cliff, and everybody sort of like needs to sort of build their. Airplane on the way down, you know, because it's here. The future of work became the present of work. It's here. We are already hybrid. It's not like uh, McKinsey and like uh, Gallup talking about the future of work 15 years from now. It's here. It's now. And it's not working. It's not working. People are depressed. They are not happy. And I read this amazing article and the author called it not the great resignation, but the great awakening, because there is no going back. People don't want to go back to what it was. It's an awakening. And suddenly, it's a new reality. Companies, leaders that are bold enough in order to cross the chasm and take the leap towards something else. We call it open communications, giving you a vote, letting you participate, letting you be a part. If you're bold enough to do that and allow your employees to have a seat at the table, you have a chance of making the digital first office far greater than before. Have the frontline employees connected radically reduce, you know, uh, um, employee uh, turnover, which is the number one business cost in the world. But the ones that just expect it to sort of work, you know, pass, this is just a phase, they're going, they're in for a big surprise. You a redistribution of human sort of capital. And if you, the the, the leaders that don't get this uh, are are going to see, they're going to uh, pass what, you know, you can think about what happened to companies like Kodak that didn't embrace you know, the tech revolution, that's what's going to happen to these companies.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that analogy that you've been pushed off a cliff. There's no going back down that cliff. You need to build your plane on the way back down. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I hear so many organizations talking about, or just people in life actually, just talking about, oh, we're getting back to normal, <laughs> or we're getting back now, or start- starting to go back to how it was, or it seems like it might all nearly be over now and that's that's not true that's there's no going back there's no over it's this is this is new and embrace it this is so different and amazing advice be bold and be brave and you'll see the results but sit, sit comfortably and uh you're in for a shock <laughs> some
1: exactly. really great
0: nuggets of advice in there giddy um and uh super inspired me on uh, this early morning <laughs> here in the uk um, and then my next question i guess was how did you end up with work vivo
1: so i've been building and leading marketing teams uh, for forever mainly in b2b uh, software as a service um the previous company i've been with TravelPerk, a global company based out of barcelona one of the two biggest disruptors in business travel huge trillion and a half dollar industry Uh, It was a great journey. Where I was there for three years. We were the fastest uh, SaaS company in Europe for three years consecutive. And I joined when we were like 20 people. After three years, we were like 850. So um, I left right before COVID. uh, Sold a part of my equity as well, which sort of gave me the opportunity to think about stuff differently and uh, uh, chase what I want after working very hard for a long time. And I understood it's part of the, one of your random advice that I got once from a guy on a plane, by the way, that like um, I invested most of my career, like most people investing 80% of your time in 20% of what you're good at. And I wanna reverse that. I wanna spend the rest of my life spending 80% of my time on the 20% that I'm exceptional at. And I started to uh, sit at some boards and advisory boards on an advisory level with some companies, early stage, stage that I like, I became an agent investor myself and invested in about 10 to 12 uh, companies and uh, early stage VC. I like the early stages a lot. There is a lot of storytelling to be done there and storytelling is the heart of what I do and what I like the best. Uh, and I joined Work Vivo originally as an advisor, but then it, we, it was a, sort of like a match made in heaven because A, I really, really subscribed to the mission of that company. I saw it firsthand and this emotional connection, emotional commitment needs to be built and be empowered by technology. And this company really, really has it right. And B, the culture that goes top down from the founders to the rest of the company is unique. I've worked for a lot of companies. This is rare, like a bunch of people that love each other, love the purpose, love working with each other and keep surprising each other with great results that come out of uh, alignment. You know, and uh and, and and lack of like ego. And I really fell in love with that. So it grew me in and one thing led to another. The company started to grow significantly and I find my, found myself in there managing an amazing marketing team and enjoying every moment of it.
0: Wow, that's that is just amazing. Like the word love came up quite a few times then I noticed. Do what you love, work with people that you love um and love the purpose, love the culture and feel connected. And it's it's really inspiring how you flipped that eighty twenty rule uh, and are now doing something that you absolutely love. And it's also super inspiring to hear work vivo, um you know practicing what they preach and practicing what they see in other organizations, but doing it so well internally and that kind of non hierarchical approach that just inspires everyone. Um, wow, sounds sounds like a super exciting um place to be. Um, before I can carry on with any questions and really start to dig deep and get to know you, Giddy, and um, my first. My first, oh sorry, not my first, but my most crucial question of Inspire Club, and it's our only rule of Inspire Club, um, is: Can you share a story with us of someone in your in your life, um, ideally in the world of work, who has inspired you, and why did they inspire you?
1: Sure. So I'm going to break your rule, but uh, but then I'm going to abide it. Okay. So
0: okay, I, <laughs> go
1: on I, then. Outside, outside of the. That's what I do. I break rules outside outside of my uh, of uh, you know uh, work. Then uh, it's a cliche, but I have to mention my mom because she's an exceptional person. She was the best exec. Now she's retired, but she w- used to be the best executive, the best manager that I've ever seen in my life. Somebody that manages a huge, huge, huge uh, organization uh, related to tech in the Israeli government, and everybody. Used to admire her, but she always used to know how to keep the balance between life and work in an amazing way, be very clear with her people, and her people adore her until this day and come for advice. She's 81 today. She's still she's still at it. Some boards and stuff like that. She taught me a lot about the balance between being a person, being career-oriented, and the importance of like combining, not separating completely your life and your work liking the people that you work with, I took a lot from that. So she's exceptional. And one thing she taught me is to never lie. We always use petty lies in our lives. Like, oh "Oh, yeah, there was a lot of traffic. She never lies, like nothing. And it's hard, practice it for a week. Not saying one lie is very hard. Uh, But when you sort of like uh, get over the addiction, it's like coffee and you start only saying truth, then it's a very liberating feeling As a marketer, it makes you a better marketer. People laugh and say, you're marketing. You're lying all the time. And I tell them, no, you don't get it. The easiest type of marketing is to lie. I can invent everything. The the hardest and the best part of marketing is always telling the truth in the most accurate way to the audience listening. Never lie. So uh, I took a lot from her. And if I uh, have to choose, and and work-wise as well. She was just an amazing, amazing executive. And, and uh, if I have to mention somebody, I would ent- and I really encourage you to invite him to the podcast, it's my ac- ex-colleague and um, actually boss, eventually, in in His name is uh, JC, but he has a really long French name, Jean-Christophe Tunay Bucalo. And he's the chief revenue officer at uh, Work Vivo. We started as uh, Pierce, me as a VP marketing and him as a VP sales, and he became my boss. You could think that would be involving ego and all that, but it didn't at all. I, I really thought he deserves it and admired him from day one. The guy is a genius. Is like a almost was almost a professional chess player, but he's a great combination between a guy that like uh, taught me a lot about the importance of uh, being operational and not just giving ideas. I always have too many ideas, uh, so always seeing the route to execute something and not just go from idea to idea, and combining that with a lot of empathy and ability to manage and motivate human beings, and a lot of people like him usually don't have that, uh, I found that very inspiring, and I think that he made me a much better uh, marketer, a much better executive in this sense, and he's also a dear friend.
0: Oh, wow. JC, you're you're so so inspiring to hear that you're so right, that often people who are... Geniuses, like you say, or very operational thinkers, it doesn't come naturally to then think about be working in an empathetic way as well. Or you'll be um, maybe much more of an empathy led or people decision led person, and maybe lacking the operational area or not be as strong there. So um, yeah, that's I'm gonna JC. We're coming for you. We're coming for you for an episode of Inspire Club. And um, thanks for that, Giddy, and your mum. I mean the 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 let's not separate work and life let's find a way to combine them and do what you love and to execute that so well and never lie i'm going to make a real conscious effort today to spot if i'm making any lies i mean surely we don't right i think that i don't but everybody,
1: everybody does
0: everybody probably does. do we do i've actually seen it quite a lot in um some really successful Uh, marketing campaigns, particularly ones that are going, let's say, viral across social media platforms and that people are starting to talk about more. They're where companies have messed up um, and they've told the truth (laughs) and they've said, like, we messed up or we didn't do this right. And I'm starting to see some really successful organisations raise their profiles by now being completely honest and winning over the hearts and minds of their audiences. And the subject of completely, truly authentic, transparent leadership has been such a prominent subject over the last year that we've been talking about. And I think that's really difficult for leaders to always get right. Um, so we've, we're learning a lot from um, your, your mom Giddy. What's her name? Rina. Rena. Rena. Rina, we're learning Rena we're learning so much from you thank You Rena for inspiring giddy and therefore inspiring us and all of our uh, listeners today what and um, what now is your why like what drives you on a daily basis
1: today what uh, drives me is and I'm really proud to say it because as a you have to believe me at this stage it's true it's not a lie so uh, a, I like, I always liked coaching and mentoring people ever since I was a little boy, that's the role that I play in all of my friends and, you know, family's lives. Uh, I always felt I haven't been bringing that enough to work uh, because what used to drive me is what drives most people, fear or advancing to the next stage of the career, FOMO, you know, and. I'm really far from that today and what drives me is um, helping my people my team uh be the best versions of themselves. I know it sounds very corny. I I admit that, but I I I really find this to be completely in harmony with achieving the business goals. The team that we have in work vivo in marketing is is, is really is, is unreal. It's like uh Five or six people now that do the compete with uh, you know teams of like thirty and do amazing things. We have this event, uh, Viva Wire, in two weeks. Could Google it. It's amazing. Speakers, Slack from over all over the world. They did that. They actually started that as an initiative before before I even knew about it. Right? They're amazing. Now, uh, my role there is to do what I like and help them uh, find what they like, define their career path. Chime in with my experience and get to their twenty percent where they spend eighty percent of their time. Uh, I want them to get the stuff that I feel I didn't have for the vast majority of my career, trying to chase, you know, to fight fight windmills and and chase like goals that sort of like society has put there for you. What I find is that when they do what they do well with confidence, not trying to fake everything else, then greatness greatness happens, and we have this value in the company. Like the Nirvana song, it's called, uh, come as you are. It basically means that it, yep, it basically means that if you're amazing at PR and it takes you 10 hours to do a report in Google analytics, and it takes my growth guy 20 minutes to do it, let the growth guy do it, do PR, you know, so, uh, I'm trying to like, uh, that's what drives me today. Helping them, uh, you know, find their place. And a lot of the younger people need a lot of that, like uh, co- uh, a lot of that advice. And that fills me as well because I, I really like that. So, uh, and the reward is a much better team that feels trusted and yes, keeps surprising me all the time.
0: Oh, I love that! I love this. I just love this. Come as you are, be who you are, and watch the results happen. I am. Um... You also need
1: to hire the right people, right? Because if you just like, it's not you're not like uh, you know. Uh, it can't be just like, you know, all the lovey-dovey, you know? No. You need you need to like hire the right people. So you need to know what you need as well. If I need somebody to do performance marketing and I get somebody that is a great storyteller, but doesn't can't run a campaign, then uh, I made a mistake in hiring. So I need to be very clear about what I'm looking for. What is the team now? Where they need to get to? What is our culture? Uh, how do we roll together? And then hire the right people in order to keep our mojo alive. and. Have the luxury to allow these people to be and come as they, as they are and help them, help keep them on that route and help them define these career goals for themselves so um, they could chime on my experience, they, they could rely on my experience and trust me, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure so many listeners right now are thinking I really want to go and work for Giddy I really want to go and work in Work Viva that sounds like we
1: we have like we have a lot of open positions like a hundred so uh (laughs) uh, yeah so like uh, go to the Work Viva website or LinkedIn profile and just like uh apply amazing company
0: yeah and that's it recruit the right people and create the space for people to be who they are um amazing 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 what do you think is um you know we talked a little bit about the the, the articles around the great resignation and, and the, the new world that we're in now and how the future of work is here. What do you think is the number one workplace priority right now?
1: I, I really honestly think that the right... Uh, technically speaking, you know, for your CIO listeners, it's moving from office-first to digital-first workplace, meaning you used to have the anchor, you know, in the office, and you don't. So even if you're hybrid... People are working from different places, different models. You need to go digital first. And that means a lot of things from uh, technology stack, you know, point of view, uh, culture point of view. And if you're talking to a chief people's officer or CEO in, in this sense, then it's what I said before. The biggest challenge is finding the right ways to emotionally connect people and foster that emotional commitment and uh, bring company culture to life in a digital first environment. So people are not just like, sort of like mercenaries. You know, they say it's changing a job today is as easy as changing your Zoom account. <laughs> so uh, so, so in order to make that happen, uh, people, company are, have been really caught off guard and they know, you know, read any CEO biography in history. It's all about the, the team, the culture, you know? It always comes to this. So you could give people free access to a meditation app or perks or send them gifts uh, home. But it's really cute. But these are just Band-Aids. It's an Advil. It's a painkiller. The core is emotional commitment, sense of belonging, feeling a part of something, knowing where the company is going, and like uh, feeling listened to and included. How to give that? That's a combination of the right stack. So conversations happen online and people can actually engage, allowing people to engage and not just be told what to do, like, share, post your own content, connect to people online. And, um, uh, and yeah, and that's, I think, the biggest, biggest shift, the biggest, biggest challenge right now. WorkView is helping. It doesn't solve this. We're just a vehicle. You need to have, first of all, the commitment to do this, The right leaders in order to foster that culture of recognition and so forth and the technology in order to let people uh, give people the opportunity to have that level of conversation of communication online without giving an advantage to people that actually physically go to the office
0: yeah yeah you're so right i've worked in organizations where the offices were incredible you know, like 360 degree views across the whole of London, the most amazing facilities. But actually the companies where I've been so strongly aligned and felt the most motivated and the most at home were, I mean, the actual physical office office environment was like meh. (laughs) But the culture and how I felt a part of a team and at home and I could completely... Be myself and I felt empowered uh, was completely different. Yeah. 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 And there are lots of organizations that are desperately scrambling around right now to entice people back into this physical workspace and, you know, spend money on it so that people will come back. But your advice is so true. You can do that, but unless you've got the right technology and the right culture and the right mindsets. What's the point in having a fresh, squeaky clean, sparkly office?
1: I, look, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that remote would work for everyone and that's it. It's, hybrid is like a big code name for, we have no freaking clue. Yeah so, yeah. so it's going to, some companies have to be physically working together in an office. Some would be completely remote and a lot of them would find themselves somewhere in the middle. you know, giving flexibility or defined rules it all depends. You know. If somebody is a technician that needs to fix your intranet, he has to physically go to your house. You know? But like, uh, if somebody sells in a store, he needs to go to the store. But uh, all I'm saying is that there is more than one way and people's expectations have changed for, for forever. Like, meaning they do expect all these things that we didn't have to give them before. And the companies that would prevail, will prevail are the companies that are able to give that extra level of belonging and motivation and engagement. And in order to do that, uh, you need to find more than just a physical way, which is an office where a lot of good things like this happen, you know, uh, social circles and stuff like that. And we can't explain most of them because it's like interhuman, you know, an interhuman like uh, sort of like uh, mix that is happening in an office. When you don't have that, you can't just wait for it to like sort of like happen. You know, it it uh, it's something that you need to give. You need to create the right environment digitally in order for these things to happen and for people that are that have always been out of the office 70% of the workers are frontline you know in the mine in the retail store in the, in the in the hotel now today they also want to be a part of it they want to feel a part of it and you have a historic opportunity right now to give it to them and not to lose 10 to 20% of them in attrition every year
0: yeah yeah which would which will have huge impact on the business we talked a lot about um your mum and about j c and about you as a leader of teams and um, of people and we've we've touched on the role of a leader a few times here. What do you think is the most important quality in a leader
1: so I would say that the first one um, is actually inspiration meaning uh, A lot of people have a lot of human qualities. I was really wanting to put like empathy first or something like that, but like uh, they're not leaders. And not everybody's born to be a leader and that's fine. Like uh, we're in a world, you know, like uh, the American culture, you have to be a manager of as many people as possible. I talked to some like people on my teams that are like 21 and they're already showing me their route to becoming a CMO at 30, you know? It's a, you don't know, like uh, not everybody needs to be uh, a manager or a leader, but in order to uh, be a leader, you need to be a leader. And I think you need to have inspiring uh, qualities. You need to have a clear vision and be able to reflect it. So it's contagious, so people follow it, It targets, values, and uh, uh, be clear enough about them so people could feel them and like follow you. That's very uh, important. and There are different kinds of people that uh, are inspiring in different ways. Some of them are just very clear and always have answers. Some -hmm. of them have stories and energies and people follow them uh, there. But they have to be people that people follow. Uh, Second thing I would put there, and I talked about it when I talked about my mom and JC, uh, is clarity. Meaning uh, people appreciate leaders that are clear about what they want or what good looks like and not, don't confuse them too much. And the third one is human, humanity and empathy and ability to form real relationships and uh, help people become the best version of themselves. Because like, uh, if you get t- to that point, then your people will truly follow you forever and do everything for you and with you. Uh, these will be my three.
0: Oh, beautiful. Absolutely <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. Giddy. Be inspiring so that people will follow you. Be clear so people understand, and be human so that people can be themselves, be their true selves. I, um... Wow, you said it much better than me. Oh, I, no, I, I just I, you I just said, it. said it. I just Jeez. I just summarized. <laughs> ah, that was, your summary was so much better than mine. I like it. We'll have that up. We'll have that up in lights somewhere. We'll get that on a poster. <laughs> um, no, nah, but really, 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 I really, um, you know, inspirational qualities. In a leader, and, and I know that they're coming from the lessons that you've learned and the stories that you've told of your experiences, and you've made that shift to now do what you love with people that you love. You've made that conscious shift and you've been able to do that. So you now being able to relay what you see are these really important qualities and leader is super valuable for us and for anyone listening right now. You seem pretty happy <laughs> in what you're doing, but if I said for one day you could swap jobs with anyone in the world um what what would you what would you do for a day i'd do jobs
1: with like michael chair or like calling Joe's the like uh, writers of saturday night live
0: wow why so I like uh, i
1: love it i love like uh i love i love like uh yeah i i love like writing and i love uh like uh comedy uh i'm, I'm a very funny person so uh so so i always wanted to like be a writer for one of these shows uh, and you know uh, create satire and stuff i definitely do that and i don't have a name in mind but i definitely like change jobs for a while not necessarily just a day with like some kind of like a coach or mentor that like specializes with children at risk Uh, i always love children uh, and have a special connection with them and that combining with my love for mentorship and like uh, coaching uh, would make me very happy i still have it on my bucket list to actually do that on a voluntary basis probably at some point but if i could change jobs and like uh, go work a week in one of these places helping children uh, becoming the better versions of themselves be less confused uh, feel better about themselves i'd definitely do that
0: amazing we have children exactly the same age don't we and um no 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 no
1: no you have you have twins yes, that's
0: like, <laughs> much worse <laughs> okay I got I got a bonus one on the second time <laughs> but, um, we, you know we have a five-year-old and two-year-olds two-year-olds um and I, I'm learning every day by being around them as well I like, I never really truly understood how a two-year-old could teach me so much about life and watching how they're now Viewing the world and learning about the world and forming connections is teaching me so much that I'm now going back and reflecting on how I communicate and learn and everything in the world. Such an interesting... Um,
1: you, you, know, you, you know how you, like uh, most of us in life, are struggling with knowing what we want. Simple questions like, what makes me feel good? What do I feel like? What do I want? And it's so ridiculous because you look at these two-year-olds or five-year-olds and it's so clear to them. See, you, me... When, when my first son, Noam, he's five now. When when I see him until this day, you know, knowing like with vigor what he wants, feels yeah. it. No, I don't want this and this and this. I want that, right? It, I, I could be, I, I find myself like, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a sensitive guy. I find myself like with tears, you know? Like, because I find it very emotional for myself to see how well, how strongly, how naturally he feels what he likes and what he wants. And I'm like, shit, I just don't want to ruin that. That's my only role as a dad. Don't screw that. Don't, don't, don't like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I will at some point, but like, uh, yeah, I I find that very like beautiful with kids that they they, they just know what they want, you know?
0: Yeah, my, my twins just turned two, so they're just learning to talk at the moment. And um, one of them doesn't speak as much as the other one. And he, he so knows exactly what he wants at any moment of the day, but he hasn't yet got the the language to give me those exact words. And it's a really difficult conversation between the two of us. He's like, mom, like, you know, trying to communicate with me so strongly about what he wants, even down to like, the wrong color berries on the plate or something um yeah and again I think we could learn so much from that like you know what you want and you go after that and you keep going and you work hard even if it involves screaming at your mother but at at some point we like you say we kind of unlearn these things from childhood and oh I'm not sure what I want I don't know how to communicate that with people and yeah again so many lessons so many lessons and I could talk about life with two-year-olds with you forever but um we we won't we'll spare our listeners that for now (laughs) um i'm gonna i'm gonna change this up and we're gonna go into our quick fire round now giddy so these are the quick answers if you were a teacher what would you teach history wow and are you an early bird or a night owl very
1: early bird i'm like useless at night (laughs)
0: Uh, that might have something to do with having young children right as well yeah um, right, music. Is there a song that when you when you put it on, it really fires you up and inspires you?
1: Well, yeah, but like I have a bunch of them, but they're all like most of them are in Hebrew. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's okay. If if, if it inspires you, I'm I'm sure it will inspire others.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, and and in English, then I listen to Eddie Vedder a lot. Okay the uh into the wild you know soundtrack it's uh it's it i find it super inspiring and lately i discovered his daughter uh, olivia vedder i think olivia i don't know Uh, yeah but anyways so uh really she only i think has like a few songs out but uh uh, really amazing as well
0: is there a particular song
1: Uh, have no fear
0: okay by olivia
1: no by eddie
0: by eddie Right, we'll be adding that one to the Inspire Club Spotify playlist. Also available on other platforms. <laughs> um, okay, what about um, household chores? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Uh,
1: depending, uh, I like the ones that give me like a little bit of time to be with myself. You know, when you have kids, then you're missing this like alone time. I freaking hate. You know what I hate the most is when you have like food leftovers and you need to put them in the Tupperware and all that and like put them in the fridge. I hate that. If she's not looking, I'd take everything and throw it. I hate that. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. But
0: Oh, that's the same in our house. My husband absolutely hates the Tupperware, mainly because he'll end up having a fight in the Tupperware cupboard with the Tupperware because there's no uh, lid.
1: I'm, I'm this close <laughs> to taking all of the old ones that don't have their, like, you know, their lid and just throwing all of them. You know? <laughs> but but like uh, yeah but she hates doing the bath for the kids and you know all the screaming and the towels and the pajamas and i love that part so like uh we're
0: oh you uh, sound like a match made in heaven tupperware and bath time
1: (laughs) yeah that and i always that and i always do what she tells me
0: okay that's also a match made in heaven (laughs) is there something you've done in your life Giddy, that you would never do again
1: Uh, something that I've done in my life that I'd never do again, I would, I would never start anything, anything again that I don't feel that I really want to do. I spent like, I don't know, four years studying. I remember traveling for a year and a half in South America, after the army in in Israel, you do the army. I was like five years in the army. So it's mandatory. And I, I stayed for a little bit more. And then you, you, he traveled for a long time in the world with a backpack, you know, and I didn't know what I want to study. It was already late and all that. And I ended up like studying management and economics. It was like a prestige, prestigious course in the University of Tel Aviv, it was the number one university in Israel. Very hard to get accepted to. So I felt like uh, proud. And in retrospective, and I finished it with like really great notes, meaning I actually put effort into it. It looks like such a freaking waste of time to me today. I didn't learn anything, anything except for one thing, which is what I don't want to do when I grow up, which is also something. So, But, but it's like, um, why did I go there? Because it was one of the most general things, economics, management. Today, I'm thinking about it. What a stupid thing to learn management as a first degree. I mean, you didn't even work before. So like, what are you talking about? It's stupid. But like, I I did it because I had to go to university, I had to do this, I had to get accepted to something good, you know, uh, waste of time. I, I like so many things. I have so many passions, you know, I like psychology and I like history and I like teaching. Why wouldn't I like give myself the gift of learning something like that for four years, you know, Yeah. or, or so I'd never start anything that I think that I just have to do or that a job that I think is a good choice, a good career choice, i would do stuff that I feel a strong instinct about doing. Yeah.
0: That, you know, that's an incredible life lesson for you, but also incredible advice for all of us. Do, do what you love, not what you think you should. We don't know, but if you don't know, then it doesn't mean that you just have, in, in, in
1: big stuff like this, it doesn't mean that you just have to make a choice and, and like do something that you feel nothing about. Take some more time take a job and then think next semester about school or i i i talked to one of a girl that used to work on my team uh and and she was like 21 and she was so stressed about like oh my god if i take a few months off now i already won't make it to like that semester and then uh this would happen and the whole plan of becoming cmo when you're 35 or 30 it's like you know you're derailing it like wow you you don't even know yourself. You're 21. Give yourself a freaking break. Take a few months off. It's nothing, but don't just do stuff because you think you have to. I mean, you're like following a narrative that some, that you didn't make up. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I also I do feel like the, I feel like the last two years is, uh, has as hopefully taught so many of us that you have no idea what's around the corner in life, in work, in in the way the world works, like. Why not spend your life doing something that you truly love rather than trying to tick a box?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, they, it, a lot of people don't, can't find the romantic thing that they, their passion, that they, I'm still chasing my passions, you know, but it doesn't mean that you have to take a job that every instinct, you know, in your body tells you is not for you just because it, you, somebody told you it was right. Like you could do something that you reasonably enjoy or go for a company that your instinct tells you that you don't know if you love what they do, whatever, but the people feel right. Anything that feels right. It's just important to understand that some lucky people understand stuff up here in the brain and they know most people understand stuff here in the heart before, you know, instincts, feelings and feelings help us understand much more, much more quickly. You just need to listen to them. And even if you don't know everything, I still still feel, I don't know what my greatest passions are, but, I know, you know, what feels good and what feels like it's a definite no, and I'll never take that like uh, step again.
0: Yeah. Guinea, this is such uh, excellent um learnings. And I uh, thank you so much for sharing and being so open about these learnings because they're so inspiring, and that's really what the Inspire Club is all about. <laughs> Um, and what we're about at Inspiring Workplaces, but thank you for being so inspiring. You've certainly given me a huge boost just chatting to you this morning. So I hope any of our listeners are feeling in that same way as well. Um, I'm gonna really consciously make an effort today to spot if I'm lying, even to myself, um, even to my kids, (laughs) uh, or um, even just uh, maybe even attempting to lie. I'm gonna really think about those three qualities of a leader, being inspiring, having clarity, and and being human, um, and spend a lot more time this week, really. Am I doing something that I love, or because I feel like I should? Um, I'm going to think about your mum a lot, and I'm going to invite JC to be another guest on Inspire Club. So that was going to be one of my questions, is who you're going to nominate, and you've nominated him already. Is there anyone else, before we finish, that you'd nominate to be a guest on Inspire Club?
1: Uh, yes. I could think I haven't talked to the guy for like a long time, but I would like nominate um, an ex a VP Sales that worked with us in in Perfecto. He lives in the Boston area. His name is Keith Butler. He's amazing, very senior, very impressive track record, career track record. And in a sentence, he took what we were like an enterprise facing, you know, software company. A lot of like, uh, you know, direct salespeople all over the United States. A lot of Competitiveness, you know, uh, and a very toxic uh, culture at some point between sales and the rest of the company, and sales and sales. And this guy came in, and pff, unlike any other sales or commercial person I've seen before, he turned that like environment that was all blah, into a cult. It was amazing. Like uh, you have to see it, like to believe it, like 150 or 200 salespeople and sales engineers in a sales kickoff and that guy just inspiring like a freaking guru, creating emotional alignment, making foes like, you know, friends. And it was just a huge transformation, especially for like a sales leader. But he had all of of the boxes um, ticked, like the inspiration, amazing clarity about what we do, what we sell, what we're good at, how we work together, our values and empathy. ability to like actually you know help his leaders help his people he was like you know uh, unbeatable really uh, in in this so i would definitely look definitely look him up because he's something special
0: okay thank you so jc and keith butler will be be coming for you next giddy I've, i've just absolutely loved talking to you today so so much to learn so much to share um, and so much inspiration filled in this forty minutes of inspire club, so um, I'm so grateful for your time. I'm sure all of our listeners are as well and um yeah we'll be uh we'll be talking to you more, I'm sure over time. Thank you to everyone that's also tuned in today to the latest episode um and listen to us if you have any feedback if you want to hear from anyone else um or anything that you've thought from today then do get in touch and again thank you from all of us at inspiring workplaces to all the team at work Vivo, and especially to today's guest thank you